Good morning, welcome to Lifebox Media Chat Radio Podcast. Taste by Stream Brother, I have one. You might know him from The Voice. You might know him from seeing him all around the country, all around the world on television. Mr. Pete Morales, how are you today? Hey, hey, what's happening, buddy? Hey, man, thank you so much for taking the time, man. How you doing this rainy, uh, sunshiny uh, Nashville day? <laughs> well, you know, man, I, during The Voice, we moved from Nashville to Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, man, it's sunny and Phoenix where I'm at right now. Rub it in, brother, rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, do you miss Nashville? Oh, man, I, you know, Nashville's my home, and yes, to, to quickly answer that question, I do miss it. I do. But, hey, Arizona is really good, I'm not going to lie. It is beautiful out there. I literally was just looking in a picture of Arizona from the train 15 minutes before you and I called. I swear to you, I pulled it up from about five years ago being out there. Well, you know, one thing that Arizona does not get are tor- or tornadoes. That's true. This is true, bro. They do get, they do get these things called haboobs. <laughs> oh. You know, but, yeah. but a haboob is just like a really bad windstorm. Nothing like a tornado. Right. You, you know? get sand and everything. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's the truth. You get, you get sand and everything. So, man, I'll, I'll tell you what. First of all, I, I want to tell you, man, again, thank you for coming on the show. When, you know, when I watched you come on The Voice, you know, man, uh, you know, I sit there, and, and I, I'm a hard music critic because, you know, I'm in my 50s, you know, and, you know, so I'm pretty rough on, on, on people, you know, as it is. Oh, man, or if I see talent or whatever. And I was a fan instantly, man. I was like, this cat's thank rocking you. it. I, I thought for sure you were, you know, you were one hand in already in the door of winning the doggone thing. So, I mean... Uh, really, well, yeah, thank you, great, buddy. Great competition there and everything else it is, but I mean, I, I was, I've already been a fan of yours since, and uh, when I realized that you and I could get connected and get you on the show, I was like, man, there's no doubt about it. I've been talking about having you on the show since the first day I saw you play. Well, I, I appreciate it, and please accept my apologies for, uh, you know, I know it's sometimes difficult to get these things scheduled, and <laughs> I, you know, you get messages coming in from every, right. you know, social channel, and, and like I said, forgive me for how long it's taken, but we're here now, and I appreciate um, it, yeah, brother. Thank no, you. Thank you, man. And I, I you know, I, I was like, you know, hey, look, and, and, you know, I, and I know this, and I didn't know if you were on the road or whatever, and, and I know and, and I know you were in the studio, and we're going to get to that in a minute. Yes. But I mean, yeah. and that's really cool because I'm excited that I got you at a good time. So I was like, when you text me, you say, hey, brother, look, you know, I apologize, and I appreciate that. Thank you for the consideration. Yeah. But I was like, oh, man, he's got some things to talk about. This is really going to be I cool, do. you know. So, but I do, man. I do, yeah. What was your, how was your experience in The Voice? I mean, because you've been doing this a long time, and, you know, when I see a veteran up there who's been doing this, you know, not just as a hobby, not wrong with doing it as a hobby, but when you've been doing this, you know, for a long time, and uh-huh. even before you even get the Blake part of it is, you know, was there, you know, and I'm asking you honestly, was there a resentment slash joy to be there, or were you just happy to be there because you've been doing this a long time? Now that's a yeah, that good question, well put like that. It's not been phrased that way before, but um, I wouldn't say there was a, a resentment at all. Um, you know, Blake and I knew each other a long time ago, right? And you know, catching me at this point in the interview process since I'm past the show, all that stuff, you know. It was a fact that when Blake and I were in the group, people would always say, who's going to get a record deal? Is it going to be Pete? Is it going to be Blake? Is it going to be Blake? Is it going to be Pete? Who's yeah. going to be first? He had the mullet. <laughs> he had the mullet. And, and let me say, let me say this. So it was Blake. It was Blake. <laughs> but, but I have said this before in other interviews. When I was, the, thing, the difference between Blake and I back then was the main difference was, is Blake had his head screwed on straight. And... I didn't. I was a young, uh, a young kind of punk kid that built things up to tear it down, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and Blake wasn't like that. And, and that's, Blake took off and I had a shot, you know, I had, I sat in front of Sony music where they wanted to sign me and I had my shot, you know, and I just kind of derailed it as a kid, you right. know? And, you know, we think we know everything. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I remember, buddy, my, my manager at the time looked at me and said, don't say a word. <laughs> I've been there, man. <laughs> right? Okay. So I go into this meeting. I see these, my manager and this, this, this music executive talking to each other. Blah, 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 blah. They're stroking it. You know, it's just like lip service. And I finally just said, hey, let's get down to it, you guys. I said, do you guys, are you interested in me or not? 
<laughs> I was like, I was 19 years old, buddy. I was 19. And, uh, you know, I just didn't, I didn't at that time, because I had a lot of, uh, uh, I was your classic younger person that had a lot of dealings with older older people because I, I got thrown into life early right. in my life, if you know. I can dig it, yeah, but, for sure. But that doesn't mean, but what you don't realize at that point in your life is, you don't really have life experience. You just have been around a lot of people that have that life experience. So you start thinking you have the life experience. Right. And that's not necessarily the case. And in my case, it was one of those things where I kind of marched down my own path. But fast forward all these years later, that was what was meant for me. That's that's who I was meant to be as a person, as a human you know, I have an amazing family and beautiful wife and kids. I mean, it's just, that was what my, the universe had for me. Right. Now, you know? I sit there and think of sometimes I like to have kicked myself in the arse. You know, when you yeah. think back, it's like you, you and I are talking about this now. Because I know I've, I've been in these, I've been in that road, on that road before, and I know exactly what you're saying. But you sit there and go, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. And, and there's a part of me, as far as the, to answer what you said, it's like, uh, you know, yeah, no resentment. You know, I mean, I guess at all, sometimes we might say, hmm, I wonder what would have happened. Right. You know, but that doesn't mean, I mean, I am, dude, I'm so, <laughs> I can't tell you, man, blessed. I'm blessed and thankful. And I, so when I got on the show, I got on the show because it was during the pandemic. I had tried out before in the past when I wasn't at a certain point of my life and now, fast forward to when they they called me to to be on the show, you, you know. Well, they went. And let me let me rephrase that so it doesn't look like they just called me to be on the show. When they called me to be a part of the casting process, right? Because there's a difference. There is a difference. Yeah. You know, they they cast the show first, and there's a lot of layers to that onion, as they say, before you get to the show. But anyway, when they said that, I thought, why not? You know, the pandemic's here, but truth be told i had a big boy i have a big boy job and it probably really didn't fit in with what i was doing right. <laughs> you know and i didn't know what kind of a commitment would lay ahead of me or lie ahead you know once i got into it i just said sure why not <laughs> you know right, right right so once i got on the show that's when the reality hit me wow i'm stuck in a hotel in Los An Burbank, California. Yeah, I know the, I know the place. <laughs> and I got a company and a territory and a job that I have to run, but yet I still am chasing this dream. Wait, what am I doing? Well, I was very conflicted through the whole process. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole process. So a lot of people have said to me, like, man, you were so calm on stage. Oh, yeah. You're as chill as can be out then. You, you, you know, you want well, to say this. You're like Robert Palmer. He, he's, he, you know, so he was so ass kicking on stage, but the cat, I mean, he's thinking simply irresistible and he's just mellow and chilled back. And that's kind of how I kind of felt about you because you're putting out these big ass songs and you're Thank just you. strumming your guitar and you're just kicking out and it's, you're rocking the place. And I'm like, man, this cat makes it look too damn easy, which can be something that can work against you when people are judging you at times in a contest, I'll say, but you just made it look so damn easy and I was like, man, but, but you were rocking the damn place, you know? And, and that was the coolest thing about it is I'm like, you came out, you know, and I really felt you, each time you were coming, guns ablaze and each time. Well, thank you, man. I, my main goal, my ultimate goal was I want to represent myself of who I am day to day. Like when you and I see each other in person, you'll be like, that's the same guy I saw on the show. Right. I dig it. I didn't want, I didn't want there to be any other... Whatever at whatever cost that was, and there were lots of interviews where they try to get you this gonna go this way or that right. way, and but you have to hold fast. And and when I got on stage, I thought, you know what, man, I want people to. If you're gonna come see me at a, a small venue or wherever I play, I want you to feel like that's the same exact guy and sound right. that I saw on the show. It's the same guy. There's no tricks, you know. Yeah, and, 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 and you are a you are a you are a 
I mean, it, it's hard to sit there, you know, and, and it bans, you know, bans one thing, you know, and by far, I, I'm a bigger fan than I'll ever be a musician. Um, but I mean, but I mean, uh, as, as you were sitting there with a guitar and you, now you've had backup and everything else, but I've also seen you, see, you know, you sit there with just your guitar and you, that's hard to do yeah. when it's just you, man, you know. See, I, 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 I guess I kind of take that for granted, you know, I mean, that's my, my comfort zone is, uh, you know you can rely on yourself. It's, it's when you rely on other people's where you start to kind of get yourself in a pickle. I, and I, so, I understand that. I, yeah. So I, I've always kind of like said, okay, man, I, I don't care what it is. Like my expectation is a certain thing where I could turn a logo project, album artwork project over to somebody and say, all right, man, here's what I need. Da, 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 D. And next thing you know, it doesn't come. And I end up just saying, you know what? Give it to me. I'll just do it. Just give it to me. You know, right. I'll figure this thing out, and that, and so maybe that's my control issues I have. <laughs> now, know, now, but, I'm gonna be a smart ass for a minute. What's an album? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm fun with I'm you, brother. Myself. You know I'm old, so dating I'm fun myself. With you. <laughs> yeah, I date myself by saying I, I was talking to someone the other day, and I said, "Yeah, when you hear this album, they kind of look at me." I went, "Single? Wait, MP? Um, wait, hang on. Whatever. When I'm you stream my song." <laughs> I'm, I'm never proper, Pete. I'm never. I just actually physically just bought a vinyl album the other day that uh, that uh, uh, Frank Myers, uh, singer songwriter, uh, had had a project to do with the other day, and I actually physically bought an album for the first time in like twenty five yes. years. Twenty five years, you know. And I was mm -hmm. like, dude, I'm holding one of these things in my hands. It's been forever, you know. So oh man, I, lo I love my vinyls, buddy. I got a record record player vinyl collection that. I love it, man. My kids, my boy's six years old. He loves putting a vinyl record on. How cool is that? I borrowed my oldest sons to play the album. <laughs> <laughs> so so I can dig that, you know. Let me ask you a question yeah. on that part. Now, I'll get, I'll get yeah. back to the time. You still dig the raw sound of vinyl compared to studio and, and, oh, and CD definitely. and everything, you know. Are you still one of, the, you one of those cats like me that the vinyl just sounds unbelievable? Yeah, it does. I, I think uh, what a lot of people don't realize about vinyl is when they recorded those albums, they recorded those to fit the format that it was going to be listened through. Okay? Right. Diamond what I, what I mean is there were big console speakers and people had these things in their home where the sound came out and filled their house, right? Right. So when they did these albums, you could hear the space and the air flowing through because that's how they mic the the drums and the bass and you know they recorded live in rooms and it was because that's how it was being consumed the end product was being consumed now the end product is being consumed with earbuds speakers and phones um you know not everyone's really an audiophile now you right. know i mean that that loves the sound so I dig, I dig it. Like when I go to record now, I cut on analog, dump to digital. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yep. cool. I, yeah, cut drums, bass, guitar on analog. So you get the warmth and the, the depth. And if someone hits a snare, you feel the snare. You feel it. You hear it. I mean, you can, pow, you know, you. it's like, ooh, right. yeah, man. And, uh, but. I think that kind of dates me too. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to make it worse for one second as we're having a little bit of fun here. Go back and listen to the, uh, the 73, I think it is, Elvis Live via Aloha Hawaii. And it's and, mm, okay. and on, that, on that album, right? And I'm a huge King fan, so, you know. Yeah. But I mean, but it's live. But if you hear that, then all of a sudden you hear it on YouTube, you hear it on the digital thing. Still sounds great because it's where it came from. But if you listen yeah. to the actual album of it, it gives you chills. You know, and of course, it's like, man, of and that's a live thing, feeding and gobbling, right? It's just eating things up. It's just, it's insane. And if you ever get a chance that they're dropping on there, man, you'll be like, oh, man, Char and I were talking about this, and this is really, you know, serious stuff, you know I mean? But see, when they record that, Char, when they record it, the, the gear they used to record, capture it was the gear that was used to get it to the people the way they were consuming the music in 73. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Hundred percent. I didn't think about it yeah. like that, but yeah, I, I remember. You know, I remember. You know, difference of sounds from a nylon needle to the diamond needles and all that stuff, and going through the speakers. But that makes yeah. sense because we all had those, you know, three foot high speakers and. Yeah. Know. So, so 
Well, when they mic stuff, I mean, I can tell you, I mean, not to get too chases rabbit, but when they would mic an amp, they would put the mic five feet away from the from the amp because they wanted to hear the air pushing through to make you. But now they're going to put that microphone, boom, right in front of the speaker, two inches, so so they can isolate that sound and then compress it in recording and try to make it sound a certain way or something like that, and they. They want the cleanest, less air version of that sound because they're going to add effects to it. Uh, you, you know, you and I are going to have a few drinks one time. We're going to have to sit down and have a good, great, great, great <laughs> conversation about this. I promise you. <laughs> that just, I, I love this conversation. But, but I mean, all this, you know, Char, to say is what you just asked me about the stage and being on it. Um, all these things I just said contributed to my thought process once I stepped on stage. I have a bigger purpose in life than just being on the voice cameras, um, the celebrity judges, the TV show. My purpose is my family. And I, I remember God, walking out, before you walk out, there's always a, a stagehand of assistant saying, are you nervous? Are you okay? Are you nervous? I'm like, no, dude. You know, let's, let's, get, this, let's get this over with. You know, I, I got to get back to my family. You know? <laughs> right. I, I, I love that. And then it just shows the important stuff. And I'm going to get off the voice stuff in one second because we got a lot to talk about. But I mean, was it was it, um, was it it what you expected when all of a sudden, because I heard you say, and I watched the tape, I'll be honest, I watched the tape again to, before you came on to suggest yeah. you worked under Pete Mitchell back in the day. And, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, so it's kind of funny that, and I know that happens a lot in music. So was it funny that Blake was oblivious to you and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, damn, man. It was. It was because when I was singing, um, if you've watched the show, you'll see that Blake has a certain shtick that he does when he picks, when he turns his chair and then he'll start kind of doing his little Blake dance or pointing to try to get the artist to, to really connect with him. So he's got a shot at them picking him, correct? Right. So, but if you watch, he was just staring at me. Yeah, and you turned around and you pointed. When you turned around, you I pointed. pointed him. Yeah, he, yeah. He turned and around. He smiled pointed. a little bit, but he I could I could tell when I was singing, I'm like, I don't think he knows it's me. Right. I was saying he was bum fuzzled. It's like I know this, but I don't I know, know this. it. Yeah. Well, here's a here's a little here's a fact that industry people know about Blake Shelton, but the fans don't know, is that Blake Shelton has a steel trap for a memory. It's weird. It is he could tell you names of songs and people in his career that you would say how does he remember that and i was talking to a, an interviewer named kelly sutton who knows she she interviews a lot of country people and she was we were talking about how blake remembers everything and i think that's what it was he was truly just kind of going what because i don't look the same <laughs> <laughs> None of us do, brother. Twenty five years ago, yeah, damn. <laughs> I mean, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't look the same. I, mean, I think I do, but you know, <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that page. I'm with you on that page. <laughs> so when I said Pete Mitchell, the moment that what you saw on TV was genuine. That was a gen. That's why it did what it did. Right. I dig. That's it. why people. You can't fake. When something real happens, I don't know if they fed him certain things like, hey, you're going to, hey, Blake, you're going to know. Like, they've got little charts in front of them right. with the artists, and, you know. Um, I don't know if it said something like, you have a connection with this person or something like that, you know. Right, something got his uh, wheels moving, right. Yeah, because cause when I said to him, hey, I'll get to you in a minute, big buddy, you know. Yeah, he's and, like, and oh, that, that used to be good. Everybody was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I love it. Well, I wish I wish that ever the fans could see. I was up there for a total of eighteen minutes doing that. Really? And yeah, and they cut it down to like two minutes or three yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. And 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 here I, I'm sure I can talk about this now because the show's over. But when that was all over, when that whole thing was finished, I was back at the hotel. I got a call from the lawyers of the show. Oh, shit. And they said, yeah, exactly. They said, hey, man, you said you didn't know anybody on the show. I said, I don't. And they said, well, as magical as what just happened happened, um, you know Blake Shelton. I was like, no, I don't know him. And they said, well, yeah, you do. And I said to the guy, I said, you know, how old are you? 
He said, I'm 32 years old. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, you know, lawyer A, I said, when you were in kindergarten, if you saw the people that you were in kindergarten with today, would you say that you know them? And he said, hmm, good point. I said, exactly. I said, I don't know Blake Shelton. I said, call Blake Shelton. He's the star. And they said, we did call him. He said what you just said. I said, well, there you go. I, I love so, that. As I say in sarcasm, hugs and kisses, got to go. <laughs> got to go. Bye-bye. Yeah. That is and, fantastic. And they called me. Yeah, they called me back about 30 minutes later and said, hey, man, congratulations. Thanks for being so transparent with us. Welcome to the show, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fast forward just a little bit. Then they told me they were moving away from the Blake Shelton story. So I was like, okay, they're right on. I, I love my life, and let's highlight my family. Sure. I'm good. Um, and my career and my life, I've had a, golly, what a journey it's been. So anyway, when I, when I got to the show, we went to go film some more stuff because, you know, that's done in portions. Right, of course. Well, dude, let me just tell you, when they aired the show, they let off with me. The show kicked off with me. And when I saw it on TV, I was like, they're not running from it. They're running to it. (laughs) They're embracing this and hugging and squeezing it. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know what happened, Char, from the time. I'm sure that they probably watched it and the producers were fighting the lawyers or whatever. I don't even know. (laughs) But they probably said, we got some good television right here. We need to put this on because the next day it went viral. Yeah, yeah, because it's, you know, truth's better than fiction, man. And, you know, and and, and I loved, you know, I I sit there, I I was looking at it. I didn't know what the deal was. You know, a lot of times you can kind of figure out the Easter egg that something's going on there. And, and, but when, when you turn around and I was like, all right, this cat's a pro already because, you know, and and I'm not kidding. Believe me, I, I, you know, I told you I'm, I'm, I'm stiff on stuff, but I sit there and I looked at it. I said, man, and you said, I'm going to get back to, I'll get to you in a minute, buddy. And, and everybody and I was like, oh, damn, you know, there's something going on here, you know, and, 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 and Kelly just about fell out of her damn chair when you said that. Which oh, I know, it. I know. It. And so to, to, to fast forward it, I mean, I, I think it's, you, you know what, you sterilizing things just like the albums and stuff. Sometimes, you know, you do too much of it. And I think that leaving it organic the way it was, was the best wave to ride with it. And, you know, and you're in front of 15 or whatever million people. You know, people people all the time sit there and say to me, and you, and you can agree or disagree now because, like the show's done and done, but, you know, people say, well, I'm not going to go into voice because of whatever. I said, look, man, you'll never get 15 million people that will hear 90 seconds or whatever it is of you like that unless you become a superstar. You'll never get that opportunity again. It's a commercial for you, right? That's right. You got it. No, truth. That's truth. You know? um, for me... Um, and we could talk about, there's so many uh, yeah. l- l- layers of this onion, but I'll tell you, for me, I got further than I thought I would. However, as the show was going on and I saw the momentum picking up, I was, you know, I made a fatal mistake in the, once the lives happened, I saw all of the the participation online which was amazing the love that was coming my way i was like wow this is really cool right and i made that fatal mistake of i thought that i knew that cam anthony would get picked as number one and i saw the numbers compared to my other teammates and i was like well i'll get picked as number two and maybe i'll make it to the next round of lives and then past that i didn't think i would i didn't know what would happen really i just thought i would make it through the next round of lives so i didn't learn my save song so they gave me dan and shay song called speechless now i know this is on the record so i'm going to say this right now like dan and shay are awesome i know they write great songs but i just never listened to them so I didn't know this. I didn't know the song, and I should have known it because they gave me time to rehearse it. But I made the mistake of thinking I probably wasn't going to have to sing it. Okay, uh. yeah. So Blake goes down the line and he picks Jordan Matthew Young, and he doesn't pick me. And I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> I don't know my I don't know my same song. Right. I I started thinking, oh my god. I'm on national television live 
and I've got to sing first the save song that I really don't know. Oof. So I come down off the stage. I wait. They start jamming my in-ears down my jacket. They're putting a lav mic on me. They're giving me a mic in my hand. They're going, come on, come on, come on. We got to go because it's live television. Right. And I stand up on my little marker in my in-ears. I hear them say 30 seconds, 30 seconds. And I pull the lyrics out of the back of my pocket. I look at them, fold them back up and put them in my back pocket and look at the band leader, Paul Murkovich. And I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and went, well, here we go. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, so I start the song off. The song starts like this, Shar. It goes, boom, ka. You say you'll be down in five. That's how it starts. Boom, ka, in. And there's no big intro to think about anything. It's like you're in it. So I sing, you say you'll be down in five. And I don't even know what the rest of the lyrics are. I made it up. And I said, the smell of a perfume is floating down the hall. I'm waiting on your call. It's all good. I made that whole thing up. <laughs> those aren't the lyrics. If you go back and listen to the song, those are not the lyrics of the song. <laughs> See, I, so, I, I, I know a little bit about the guys, but but I, I, I couldn't quote your songs like other things. So as far as I was concerned, you were 100% perfect. <laughs> I know. So a lot of people said that to me. and But I look over at the background singer, who's Blake's background singer in, in real off the show also. Right. Kara Britz. I look at her and, I, and she looks at me and gives me this look like, Pete, oh my God. And I was just like, I just looked, gave her it look like, I'm going home. It's over. This is it. <laughs> end of the road right here i just knew it that was that way it was time for me to go you know i got you i got you and one last question i'm gonna ask about that is so because i happen to know uh two of blake's band members today rob and and, and kevin so it, yeah. it, it, so is who was the bass player that that, that he allegedly stole from you it's rob buddy <laughs> I, I was wondering i was wondering <laughs> yeah, it's Rob. It's Rob. And, and so so here's how that story goes. Like, Rob's in my band, and Rob calls me on, like, a Wednesday and says, Hey, buddy, like, hey, you heard Blake got a record deal. I was like, yeah, man, cool, man. He signed with Warner Brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. He goes, we had a show on Friday. It was Wednesday. He called me and said, hey, Blake bought a, a white van, and we're going to Oklahoma and starting doing shows. I was like, when? He goes, now. I was like, dude, we got a show on Friday. <laughs> and he's and he goes i know he goes but rob had a replacement rob had a, a guy that subbed in and i was and that's when i lost my bass player <laughs> <laughs> I, I was sitting there talking earlier and i said this is i gotta ask him because kevin's been on the show and, and 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 rob and i are cool and kevin and i are from the same town and uh hometown in uh san antonio and i'm sitting there going man i gotta ask pete if it's gotta be rob yeah. it's rob and and so so what was so funny and i when when blake, i said you stole my bass player and blake goes no i gave him a job and he really did, <laughs> he really did. <laughs> that is that is that is awesome my friend awesome now now so you've been putting all this stuff in the works there since you've been on the show so tell me what you got yep. going on brother so right now i just released uh, the second single since i've been off the show but it's really kind of feel like the uh, the biggest one yet is called I Believe It, um, written written by Larry McCoy and Ronnie Bowman, nice. the Nashville songwriters, yeah, and Rob Bias produced it. <laughs> so, and and, and Philip, uh, who's in the band, also played keys on it. And I mean, it, you know, it's not an association with Blake, but I guess it is by the Kevin Bacon. What are those called? Six degrees. The se six degrees of separation. <laughs> That is that is that is awesome, and, and, and Rob's a cool guy. I mean, him and him and Kevin both are awesome guys, and you know, it, it, and talented as hell too. So it was I, I didn't know that I didn't know that uh, he produced the, the album, but I mean, or the single. But you know, so tell me a little bit about um, I want to know a little bit about your influences growing up, man, because it, it, yeah. it just it seems like you know that you just kind of have um, everything from a raspy Motownish sound. To mm. that blues Bob Seegerish type deal to everything. So tell me some of your influences growing up, man. Yeah, uh, growing up, you know, my dad listened to country music, Beatles, Billy Joel. You know, I mean, like he was my dad was just a music listener, a fan. You know, so he listened to stuff. So I, I grew up as you know, born seventy five, went through the the eighties and 
had to listen to that a lot of that stuff and uh you know but but the good thing was is i did grow, i was born in 75 so that's that cusp of where you still have you know your parents are listening to the beatles and yes. you know you're you're getting led zeppelin and you're getting uh, you know just the, the what i can you know clapton so for me my biggest influences in a nutshell eric clapton the beatles robert johnson blues uh you know muddy waters bb king freddie king right. slim harpo i love absolutely adore the blues but yet i still love you too sting uh people like, like ladies like the indigo girls you know acoustic right. harmony things uh Dude, I, David Wilcox, you know, these these singer-songwriters that play acoustic guitar make them sound amazing, you know? Nice. Um, really, I, I don't know, sometimes I, I question this, this question and say, man, maybe I listen to too much stuff all around the board because I'm not, I, I do love uh, a lot of different music and stuff, so it's, it's interesting. Um where my music tends to kind of fall and sometimes it's not pop it's not country it's not blues you know what i mean yeah but i'm it, I'm, 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 I'm correct i'm i'm a, i'm gonna i don't mean correct you there but i'm gonna disagree with you slightly because i'm gonna say it like this that i think one like you told me earlier that you that your little boy is putting on a record okay you know yeah, and, and yeah. my oldest is 35 and my oldest son's 35 i have older daughters but my oldest son's 35, so, and he's sitting there, you know, and has my grandchildren, you know, my granddaughter sat there and watched me watch you, okay, and she's 12, okay, yeah. so, I mean, and Did she, she dig it? Yeah, that's the cool thing, I mean, she digs Elvis, oh. I mean, you know, so when, when she sits there and listens to Elvis, so I think that when you listen to so many different things, and she listens to Billie Eilish and all that stuff too, but, you know, when, when your kids dig all that stuff, I think you're doing the right thing. And when you came on The Voice, you know, I'm saying the big platform there, it is you got, you know, you didn't just have one demographic. You didn't have us old guys just listening to you. You had young people digging you too. I, you know, I mean, I've looked at your, your, you know, Twitters and everything else it is, you know, Twitter and everything else is, I mean, you have young, you have old, you have, you know, teenagers. I mean, That's true. dude, so I mean, I think you, and, and the crowd popped, you know, and I've been, I've yeah. sat in the, in the audience of the show of, of, of both the voice and American idol before and sat there and, and, and America's got talent. When you have the young kids were digging you too, girls, guys, kids, you know, I think you're doing the right thing. I mean, you made the crowd pop period. They loved you. So I think you're playing the right deals. You know I mean? That's the thing. I, I made a joke yesterday um, with a, a musician, Jay Edwards, who was on the show yesterday. And I sit there and I said, Hey man, you know, look, you know, they're using a 60 year old, uh, temptation song, get ready on two different commercials right now. You can't go mm -hmm. wrong with what's great. You know, so you but listen to, me, to all to this me, stuff. To me, that's, it's just great music. Yeah. It's great music. It's timeless. Right. So, I mean, so you're listening all, and you brought off these songs that some of these kids will know these songs from, Man, Pete Morose was on on, on uh, The Voice, and I heard him sing that. That might have never heard whoever was singing that particular song. And, and you know, I want to I want to echo something you just said. I just thought about. Isn't it cool that those young kids got the chance to hear a Blind Faith song? Yes, that's that's badass, dude. Right? I mean, <laughs> I feel like for whatever purpose i had in music at least i carried the flag you know, to, yeah but then you put out pat like, benatar yeah and the pat benatar but <laughs> if you if you listen to the version i did i did the version of the original songwriters of that song no, so they're back and listen to it again to, to, to yeah the original songwriters are eric lowen eric lowen and dan navarro from lowen and navarro right and they had this little cult following so that's their, that was their version that I sang because I wanted to kind of remain true to the songwriter because, dude, I write songs, you know? I like that, and, too. That's cool. And it, actually, it probably would have been pretty weird for a 45-year-old to get up there and go, you know, many times I tried to tell you. <laughs> like that Minotaur. <laughs> no, but I think that, yeah, but, yeah, but you, again, and, and some people maybe who don't look at this deeply, and I'm glad you shared that because I, I actually forgot the songwriter's part of that is, so I, I'm glad you brought that up. But I think it's really cool 
that you're in, you know introducing in blind faith too. I mean, you 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 bring in yeah. songs that that kids don't know and they'll only associate that. Either they'll go and they'll look it up and say, "Oh man, there's another version of that," or you know, it's yeah. like people. Somebody said to me one time, "Billy Idol did Moni Moni." I said, "Well, you you don't remember the Tommy James and the Shondell version?" They're like, "Uh, no." Uh, <laughs> you know? uh, and I love Billy Idol's <laughs> version of it. I mean, he he just kicked butt on it, you know, but. Yeah. But but I mean, so here you are introducing it to it. And again, like I said, you made the crowd rock. So you bring in your music forward and what you have out there, I think, is the idea is really cool that, you know, and it's also bringing the idea that, hey, look, you know what? You can be, you know, over 35 and you, and you still yeah. know how to rock out and, you know, brings people to attention to other musicians that also give them a little bit of faith that maybe that they didn't want to show or maybe the hell with even even nothing nothing against the show but the hell with the show but hey man look you know what this cat can still go rock i can still go rock yeah you know uh the show uh the i look at that show in two particles two portions uh one is what you see on tv right and the, and the other side of that show for me as a contestant is behind the scenes and once i got on stage I was fine. Right. It was, that's my wheelhouse. That was time to make music. But I went out to LA with this grandioso feeling in my head or this idea that I was going out to make music with this amazing band. And I was going to like create this blah, blah, blah. You know, that's in my mind. That's what right. I really thought because I, honest to God, just didn't know a lot about the way that television show ran. Right. But once I got there, Listen, Daddy O, it slammed quick in my face that this is a TV show. Right. <laughs> this is a reality show that kind of. has music <laughs> that has music attached to it. Right. Um, so I, I, I had a hard time in the in the behind the scenes with a lot of the uh, kind of way they handle because they have to handle they have to hurting cats, you know. Right. Uh, so I, I'm a 45 year old guy that you know. Hell, I I manage people. Right, <laughs> you know, right. So, and, like, and that's the problem. I have I have that, and, and, and I don't want to get to. And I was getting back to music again, but I mean the thing is, but I want to tell you that I I sat there and I have a problem when somebody sits there says, you know, you've been doing something a long time, and sometimes you've been doing it longer than the guy who's judging you, and yeah. and uh, and in your case, sometimes definitely, you know, or in many other yeah. towns, but you know, so when somebody says, well, man, you practice Saturday or whatever, it says, look, man, you know, you know. Some of these cats, you know, and, and, I, and I can't play the guitar with a damn, God knows I try, but, you know, we, we, we have this love and a strongly dislike relationship, and I, I don't do very well on it. But, I mean, you know, when somebody says, hey, man, look, but when you have something that's out there, I know what to listen to that's good, you know, and I can hear what's good and, and everything else on it. And if you play like Clapton, and you're like, well, yeah, man, but keep practicing, I want to strangle everybody on the set, you know. And, and, and so when you see that, Sometimes, so when you get somebody out there, you know, yourself and many others that, that are fine-tuned have been doing this for 100 years, I, it pissed me off everybody didn't turn around. And I understand everybody has tactical reasons or whatever. So when I hear, like, you know, you're a singer, you're a songwriter, you've been doing this for 25 years or whatever, and I want to see sometimes a little bit more recognition that, wow, this guy's a professional. You know, they had the girl Wendy on there this year, big fan of hers. You know, uh, and and uh, super talented girl, and but she backed up Vince Gill and everybody, and you know these kind of things. So I sit there and say, man, you know, sometimes I think that, you know, maybe you're a star in your realm, but there's people on there that can do things that that uh, sometimes none of it, like you know, and sometimes they'll say it. Blake said I can't sing like that, or, or Adam Levine said I could never touch that note, or depending what year it is or whatever. But I like I like that to be recognized sometimes that you know man that guy's a great picker. By the way, I, I like your really smooth, cool guitar playing. Thank you, buddy. I just try I just try to uh, there again just be who I am and stay out of I, I don't I don't compare. I have a lot of great guitar for player friends that can technically play cir circles around me times a million. But I learned a long time ago that I'm just me. That's all I can be and. It is what it is, and I'm I I play what I play and do what I do, and you know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, there's people, I do. Now, God, I've got 
guitar player friends of mine that make me just want to quit playing guitars. <laughs> I don't like you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blake Shelton's guitar player, but for Bo, Bo Tackett, about, you know, yeah. he's one, you know, where I just listen to him play and I'm like, why am I playing guitar? Why? <laughs> I'll be like Bono. I don't have to carry no equipment. I just want to sing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I think he sometimes. You know, that was the. That was the. I don't know if you know that. That was the, the 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 joke between them is he didn't have any other talent, but he can sing. But he doesn't. He doesn't know how to. He, he gets lost when it's carrying the equipment. You know. And I said, well, but he can sing. That's what. <laughs> yeah. You know? but hey, I, you know, speaking of Bono, you know. A lot of people like have asked me questions about the voice. Like when I didn't have the guitar, they're like, "It was really weird how you were just kind of walking around the stage, kind of like you were preaching or something." Or yep, you were. And I said, you know, only thing I could think of, Char, was like, "What would Bono do?" <laughs> that's great. That is awesome. That's you were. Right that's why so I used cool my hands things. like I did. I was like, "What would Bono do?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know he wouldn't carry any equipment, so he had to be singing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I would much love the Bono. I mean, but I mean, but no. But here's the thing. So, so putting together this these these music that you're doing after the after the voice and this new single yeah. you have out. You know, tell me a little bit about what came into it, brother. Tell me, tell me what put it together. Yeah. Um. So you know, coming out of the voice, I wanted to make sure that the songs that I released initially. Um, were powerful. You know, you got to kind of like even look a little bit deeper than you would naturally. Right. Uh, uh, just because you're coming off a show where everyone knows you by singing classic vetted hits. Right. You know, they're they're timeless. And, you know, you put a song out that's yours and people are like, nah, you know, okay. <laughs> well, they're comparing it against, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know, uh, uh, for me, blind uh, can't find my way home. They're comparing it against like this classic song, right? And you put out a great song, and they're like, "Yeah, but that's not you know." Blind yeah, or, yeah, it's just know, it, yeah, exactly, he, he, exactly. He did so the Paul McCartney song, he did the whatever song that is he did. You know, what I mean? you know? yeah, and it's yeah, a so, great song. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to make sure I came out, and when I came off the show, I released uh, a song for you by Leon Russell because I wanted it to be just this bridge to my stuff and then i released a song about uh my father passed me called always been you yeah he got me cheers to that because i lost my dad a year and a half ago and we weren't close but yeah i heard that and he kind of got me on that one. Oh man that well you know that man you know someone said to me when my father passed they said welcome to the club brother and i and they, and they didn't mean it in a funny way they just it meant it in a way that you and i only understand right true um um, and that song came to me a couple of years after he passed because you're always in uh, trying to figure things out and in mourning, if you will, or in right. celebration, whatever you are. And that song came to me as kind of like a, a love song to my dad, you know. Right. Um, and it, it's and now that I have boys, you know, it's it, man. <laughs> yeah. It's in this circle that we have of life, um, you, you know, guess what? You don't die. You know, you don't, you just move on and they're your children and there's your circle. There's your life. It all, it's all perspective. And that song was, came to me in that, in that kind of thought process. Um, but to move forward to, I believe it, which I just released, I was just about ready to go to record and a dear friend of mine sent me, she's a song plugger in Nashville, and she said, Pete, I've got this. Someone just sent us a song for you to sing. Give her love. I, Give her love. You can I, tell her. What's her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephanie Green. Stephanie Green. She's amazing. Um, You're the second Stephanie, person to tell me about her. Yeah, Stephanie. She's been in the business a long time. I've known her since I was 19, actually. I knew her back from the back in the day, all the way to now. And, and Shane Butler. Is a, is a song plugger also in town and he publisher and he, he sent Stephanie this song and she goes, Pete, I think I got it. I think I got it. I said, yeah, but we just, we just settled. I mean, I've been listening to shit, dude, 200 songs, <laughs> right. you know, plus my own, you right, know, right. plus my own songs. And so she sent me the song and I went, that's it. That's it. I mean, here it is because I, I, here's what I left the show with. If you, if, if you 
watched me leave, I said, look, hey, Blake, thank you. But I, what I want to say to the people is, remember, be thankful, live in the light, and giving's good. You know? Yeah, I love like, that, yeah. Just because I can't take on the whole world. I can't take on all the differences that we have as humans and all that stuff. But I can be present and be nice to you, you know? And I, and I can live right in front. And I think, for me, it's worked. And if I live in the present and I try to be as good as I can to everyone I come in contact with, yeah, man, I'm going to be, have bad days like everyone, you know, but as long as I'm trying to do that, and this song was as close as I could get to that message of just like love wins, love, that's what wins, not, not which side you're on or what you believe, you know, it's just a universal thing, man. Like I believe it. You know, we need all the messages like that we can get, brother. Yeah, man, that's where I'm standing. That's where I'm going to place my flag, and I'm going to die on that hill. I like you that. Know? I like that. And, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you what. I was going over your uh, YouTube list, even your covers. And, by the way, you covered one of my all-time favorite singers, period. And and what, what a fun song, but I, I, I think he's one of the most underrated singers out there. You did Little Rock by Colin Ray. Oh. Colin Ray is oh, one of my Tom favorite. Douglas wrote that song. Colin Ray, what a song, dude. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, and, you know, and uh, my, my favorite song is uh, really not that different, you know, of, of Colin's. But, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when I heard that, I was like, you, you had my attention because I was like, you know, it's a great song. And, and, uh, and Colin, I'm a huge Colin fan. And I was like, man, you really did it some justice, you know. You, you, br- you brought that out there, and that's really cool, you know. And, and I always, and I like to always been you, by the way, you know. I'll, I'll put on somebody's you. YouTube, and I'll run through it, and that's what I do. I mean, I'll, I'll sit there and I'm doing a hundred things. Then when you make me stop, then I got, then you got my attention. Oh, you know, and I'm like, damn it, man, I'm going to get some work done today if it kills me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I love so that it's all your fault. It's all your fault that yeah. I didn't get a, a hell of a lot done that day, so it's all your damn fault. <laughs> you went to, you went and you got sucked into the YouTube vortex, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but it was all, all your fault, brother. <laughs> but no, I really liked it, you know, and, and I really liked it. I mean, Little Rock's a really cool song. And, and I was like, so, you know, and you know, when you hear a song that you're a fan of the singer and you're like, okay, you know, is it going to be good or oh my God, even, even when you like, you know, and and I'm a fan of yours. So I was like, you know, Colin Ray's just got a a ridiculously awesome voice, you know? And I was like, man, you know, that was really cool. And you just made it sound, you know, and I was like, I could dig it. You know I mean? I, I, I did, you know, and it was really cool that you, are you a, are you a Colin Ray fan? Or are you, or I you am, man. I, I am a Colin You know, I grew up, that was the country, the 90s country I grew up with, right. you know. And I moved to Nashville at eight, at 19 years old with that music was alive and well, man. That's when I, I, I think country was the greatest then, you know. I mean, <laughs> uh, because, you know, you take that song, for example, I love storytelling and that song when he says, you know, well, I don't know why I disappeared a time or two. You must have thought I even, you must have thought I never even thought of you, you know, or, you know, he's like struggling. I needed a new town and my new start selling VCRs at a local Walmart. It's like, what? Dude just like went off to Little Rock, Arkansas because he had a drinking problem and he's getting clean or he's trying to, Right. you know, there's hope. I think I'm on a roll here in Little Rock. It's like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> See, I, I think that storytelling part, man, you know, and I have this conversation so many times with, and I know I know you know some of the people that I've had on the show and that are that are friends or I'm friendly with or, or great friends with. And yeah. and I and I and I, I want to ask you this as, as a singer-songwriter, you know, and I, I ask everybody who's especially singer-songwriters that is it when the mood hits you, when a hook gets you? Uh, um, when God it was the, out or all the above. It was in the past. Yeah, it was in the past. I will say, you know, you, you your kids are, are growing up and put yourself back into the, when they were, you know, two and six years old. You know, man, my life is a lot different than it was five years ago when I had time to just kind of, you know, bask in the in the imagination of my own imagination. You know what I mean? Where I had time to just kind of talk with myself a lot right, <laughs> you right. know um so now it's more i'll 
pick up my guitar in particles in between, you know, feeding one of the kids or, <laughs> or you know, walking from one room to the other. And I pick up, I have guitars that lay all around the house because that's the only way I can do it, you know. Um, where I, I mean, literally just, I was thinking this morning, I picked up my guitar as a, my wife was putting, I was, my wife was getting some food. I was making some Eggo waffles for the boys with a guitar around my, you know, around me, and I boom, hit the video this somewhere, brother. <laughs> yeah, I hit, I hit the toaster, and there go down the waffles. I was like, all right, I got two minutes. I start strumming my guitar, you know. <laughs> that's my life, buddy. That so, and, and I might have like an idea. I'm like, ooh, that's a good one. Oh, wait, I need to put. I'll grab my phone real quick. This is the best part of songwriting today. Is I tell you that egos, boom, down. Okay, grab the song. Ooh, there's an idea grab my phone, hit the voice notes, start to try to put that little song idea in, and my kids will just be loud as can be. I mean, I'm like like singing something like, you know, wow, I had this like epiphany of a beautiful line or something, and it's this beautiful melody. I'm trying to be in that space, and all of a sudden my kids are like, Rah! you know, like... <laughs> With the Hot Wheels going by? <laughs> oh, dude, or, or, yeah, like, Daddy! daddy you know i'm like what son and then i listen back to the the voice notes and i'm like going son stop i'm trying to put a song idea down you know <laughs> you know there's probably there's probably a great country song in that somewhere you know that right i'm sure you know you, you you're gonna pull the mr mom and you got the you know you're wiping the the pancake batter off your forehead you know? <laughs> yeah well i mean you know oddly enough as we sit here and talk to each other i'm in my garage and i'm building some kind of like little kids kitchenette set that my wife wants built for Christmas. And there's a million pieces all over my garage. I'm just like looking down and going, okay, here we go. <laughs> I, 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 I love that. But man, God, I remember those days, brother. Um, you know, uh, well, hey, with you and my hey Char, I, hey buddy, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. You want to come on out? You love it that much. You can come out here and, and put some stuff together. <laughs> Brother, let me tell you, I love you, but not that much. <laughs> now, if you were in Nashville, I might bring the toolbox over, and uh, maybe not. Oh, no, <laughs> but no, that, that that's great, and I love that. It, it's about six years ago, my granddaughter got one of these biggest tool, tool uh, doll houses you've ever seen in your life, with all the floors and this look like a damn department store. And my oldest son looked at me and he says, "Grandpa, guess what you're doing? Santa Claus." You yeah. said. Grandpa, where? <laughs> I was looking around. He said, "Love you, Dad. Got to go." And he went out the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love, you, love you lots. See you. Bye. Yes, I don't love you that much. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Santa Claus had to strike. You know. But I mean, I, I'll tell you, man. It, it's funny. Now I'm gonna ask you a couple of fun questions as we're laughing a little bit here. And uh, real right. quick, and I appreciate you. I know I've run run long on time, and I really appreciate you taking the you time, brother. But I mean, um, yeah. so I'm gonna ask you a couple of fun questions, and you. Whatever comes to mind as it is, there's no right or wrong answer. It's your answer. But, um, okay, so and, um, for this question, your wife's probably going to be listening. So, I mean, um, dinner, and dancing, dinner and dancing or a movie? A movie. <laughs> is, that because, is that because of the fact that you've always been the talent? Dude, you don't want to see me dance, bro. <laughs> it's called, my, hey, my dance, by the way, my dance is called the Wheat Straw Shuffle. And you, and you don't want to see it. Brother, yeah, take your word for it, man. <laughs> exactly. Well played, buddy. Well played. Um, and, uh, okay, so a movie, comedy or horror? Comedy. You got a favorite or two? Uh, do I have a favorite two? Uh, I don't think I do have a favorite comedy. I have favorite, you know, my favorite kind of movies, buddy, are like Braveheart. Gladiator. I, I mean, I'll take or you give me a good Clint Eastwood movie. Come on, uh, you can't go wrong there. Uh, Unforgiven. I mean, please, you watch Unforgiven. About three huh. months ago, brother, that tells you. About three months ago, it was on TV. Stopped everything what I was doing. Thank uh, you. Um, Thank you. You know, but you got, you got a favorite comedy or two? Uh, what I golly, that's tough. To, that's tough to answer. That I don't. I don't I, none none come off my uh, top of my top of mind. I love uh, God, what is something funny I've watched recently. 
That's sad. I can't tell you something. Well, that, that means you have to go do that. That's okay. We'll come back to that one. Okay. I'll ask you another one. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? No. What? It's not a Christmas, but it is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I get that in there. Almost everybody says yes. Once in a while, I get a no, but um, okay, that's cool. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a hard one here. Beach or the mountains? Mountains. I, yeah, it didn't, didn't take long for the idea. You, you were out in California for as long as it needed to be. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's right. Uh, I love California, but I, I, I do dig it in the other side of it, too. Okay, bourbon or scotch? Bourbon. Oof, I still like you. <laughs> um, I got a great bottle of the Duke. Uh, you come back, come into Nashville, we'll sit down. Duke's bourbon, you have to have some. It's pretty damn good. I'm in. Um, and, uh, but, uh, and, uh, okay. So, um, football or baseball? Baseball. Who's your team? Cincinnati Reds. Ah, <sighs> big red machine. God. Yeah. Uh, hey. I was at the game where Pete Rose beat Ty Cobb's record. I was there. Pete Rose never played baseball. They forgot about Charlie Hustle and how great Charlie Hustle was. That's um, wrong, dude. It's just wrong. You know, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one better, or almost as good. I was at the 1980 World Series when he, with the Philadelphia Phillies, won the World Championship. Ooh, come on! With Larry Boa. Tug McGraw, Tim McGraw's dad, and the rest yeah, yeah. Greg Lazinski and, and Mike Schmidt and the whole rest of the crew. Oh, that's super cool, dude. So, yeah, I snuck out of school. <laughs> Don't hey, tell nobody, right. just you and I that's in 61 right. Country Secret, you know? And, no one fault you for that, even your teachers. <laughs> yeah, right, I know it. But, um, okay, cool. And um, so baseball, that's cool. Um, you're the first one to ever say that, by the way. So we got a first, ladies and gentlemen. Um, okay, uh, rock and roll or country? Oh, I, I, I'm just gonna depending on what kind of rock and roll you're talking about, but it's the one kind I like. I'm going with rock and roll, man. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and every once in a while, like, even, even, even my country singers, my regular country singers, most times will go with rock and roll. A few of them say country, or they'll say they're in what, what mood they're in. I love me. I love me some good country music, but you know, I'm talking about, you know, George Strait, you know, Hank Williams, oh, Willie, yeah. you know, Johnny. I, I got to go back with that stuff, but I still would go into rock and roll just because, it, it, you know, it makes you feel tough. You know what I'm saying? Now, 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 you, now I'm going to get you. The Beatles or the Stones? Oh, the Beatles. Beatles. <laughs> now you're the love only Beatles. second. I love, the, I love the Stones. I do love the Stones, but come on, the Beatles. Yeah, Paul McCartney, I, I, me, me too. Yeah, you, yeah, me too. Uh, actually, actually, you're the second person I asked that question to, and the other people went for the Stones. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Stones are the, hey, Stones are the easy button. The Beatles, I mean, listen to like what they've done and their their catalog and the musicality. I don't care how it came about, whether George Martin spot, spliced a lot of that stuff together, but they're geniuses, geniuses. Uh, yeah, you you can't get past it for sure, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, yep. with it, steak or lobster? Steak. <laughs> right on, brother. Um, I, I love it. I, pr I appreciate you taking the time, man. It has been such a great time. I really hope you come back on again, man, because you've been an absolute pleasure. And when you come to Nashville, you and I got to get together, brother. You know, Let's do it. I mean, uh, without a doubt, I mean that. It, is, it has been so much fun. Um, your the interview with you was everything I was expecting and more. So I thank you for taking the time. And uh, and I want to say this on the air because you didn't you didn't you didn't you know you you said earlier but you know you and I took a little while to get together and everything else it was but I appreciated and I, I said earlier to my girl I said I appreciated the fact that look when you got back to hey man look I'm sorry I'm a busy this and I really appreciated the consideration and I thank you for that. Well, thank you, man. Like I, I, I apologize again. You know, I, I I I'm blown away by the fact that anybody would want to talk to me and listen to me yap about things. So. Uh, thank you for watching the show and now listening to the music and, you know, your support, people like you, I mean this, man, like, I felt it when I was on the show and that it, it blew me away and humbled me and it made it, that was my, I won the voice. I won, you know, um, because of, of people just like yourself that, like, 
that became uh, people that will now listen to me and I can talk to you and have this conversation and it's, it's awesome. So thank you. You know, I'll tell you what, we're in 61 countries, active listeners in 61 countries, and I think that I was going to ask you what you wanted to say to your fans around the world, but I think that kind of puts a staple on it right there, man, because, uh, you know, you said you want to come off as being legit and as, as it is, and not many people sit there and say, hey, man, look, as I'm taking the time to talk to you, I'm sitting there playing Santa Claus, putting my baby's deal together. That's, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, well, honestly, dude, like, I... I, I love music just like you love it, and if I, for a second, can help someone with a song that I recorded and, and it moves them in some kind of way, just like mu- music moves me, that's a win, buddy. That's a win. I you know, that. I'm I'm in. I say this. I said this to another uh, contestant of The Voice because they were talking about what they feel like they're owed or need or all that stuff. I said, look, I'm just here for the universe to use me, so come on. Let's see what you got. You know, use uh, me. I like that. So. I'm two more questions. I promise I'll let you go. One, yeah. who, who, one or two people that like when you came away from the voice that like either a you still talk to now or that you just thought were just incredibly awesome to to deal with or play with or what or you know or be in a contest with. Um, contestants. Yes. Um, I still talk to Pia Renee. Um, Pia and I were really close. Um. You know, Pia, God bless her, she lost her mother during the show. Oh, I rem- that's right. I do remember that. That's right. Oh, oh my God. Broke my heart. And we took a walk one morning and we were talking about, you know, I talked about losing my dad and then life as life moved forward. And, you know, my one of the kind of weird little things is my father always, I had, I had a psychic tell me one time that your father will come to you as a hummingbird. And you'll see him, and that's him just saying hello. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. What a nice thought, you know. Um, and I looked at – Pia and I were having this conversation, and I looked up, and I said, look at that, Pia. And there were two hummingbirds way up in this dome. We are in a really nice cemetery that had this beautiful mausoleum-type thing that we are just admiring how beautiful it was on our walk, you know. But we were in a cemetery looking up. And in this huge dome, we just had this conversation about hummingbirds. There were two hummingbirds way up in this Mazda, in this dome, just flying and fluttering right next to each other. Wow. And I said, wow, man, maybe that's your mom and my dad right there, you know? That so, is, that is, un- Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then, so, uh, another, uh, really close to a kid that Connor Christian was on, on Blake's team also, um, Dana, Monique, and I. Stay. We still talk to each other, and Kenzie Wheeler. I love, love me some Kenzie Wheeler, buddy. I love that. That is that is that is awesome. And, so yeah, you know. And what would you suggest to? I mean, because man, you've you've done the long road of, of of coming all the way up, you know. And you know, you cut your teeth a long ass time ago, you know. So, what do you suggest to a young singer, singer songwriter, that is trying to 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 break into music today, which is just a different animal than it was, you know, when you and I grew up and I'm, I'm 10 years yeah. older than you, but what do you suggest to somebody out there that is, uh, you know, we'll say the singer part real quick first, you know, get as much experience. What do you suggest to them as, as something to get there? Um, singing wise, you know, my, my, my advice to people singing is learn how to sing. And what I mean is, doesn't hurt to go take a couple lessons to someone to teach you how to properly sing so you last in life. Um, a lot of people I hear sing sing from their throat, and when the, when you do that, you will burn out. True. So, so like really, I'm not saying go to a million different songs, uh, you know, vo- vocal lessons, but just learn like little basic things, like you know, anything you do in life, you got to learn the fundamentals of it and the right. mechanics of. It. Anything. I don't care what you do. Baseball, riding a bike, surfing, whatever, golf. You got to learn fundamentals, right? Absolutely, 100%. That will pay off more than as a vocalist than anything you'll ever do. And then then just keep singing and stay healthy. Um, Songwriting, don't don't give up. Just write. Write, 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 write. You know? Keep on writing. Because you're going to write 200 bad songs for every two good ones that you write. And sometimes those songs kind of come back and uh, aren't, yeah. so, aren't so bad, right? Yeah. I mean, 
every once in a while, I, I will. I'll revisit some stuff and I'll go, oof, God, that was awful. Um, or I'll see, I'll hear something that I almost finished and I kind of see the little bit of goodness that was in it. And I go, oh, I know now what to do with it. Yeah, Kelly Lang yeah. told me, she sat there and she said, you know, uh, I'm not going anywhere. It was a 16-year-old song. She wrote it 16 years ago, and then all of a sudden, now it's on everything in the country. <laughs> there you go. There you, I mean, I, I mean I've, I re-released some songs that I did years ago recently just because it's a new fan base, and why not? You know, those they're probably not going to go back and try to find those songs, so how about put them right back in front of them and say, here you go, you know, and that's you can do those things so i would say to songwriters like just don't give up the people that win are the people that don't quit i know it sounds simple but it's truth uh, that is you know? that is real where can everybody find you on social media pete yeah go to instagram facebook twitter youtube i don't understand tiktok but hell you can go to tiktok <laughs> if you want <laughs> Go, go to TikTok you. and watch the old man TikTok if you want. It's it's kind of funny actually. Have, but your, have your kids my, teach you. <laughs> yeah, you know my my main platforms. I really enjoy. I really do enjoy Instagram because I like photos and right. you know I would say Instagram and YouTube are my are my big ones, and then obviously Facebook and my website. So check and it of out. Cor- and of course, follow them on all the Spotify's, iHearts, and everything that it Please is. Do. You know. Do. Because that makes that means a lot to these entertainers out there that you follow their music and like and subscribe say, and all that stuff. Can I say this, Char? Let me say this is something I've I've learned here in the last five years. Like, if I could say anything to people out there listening, I would say thank you for listening. But if you do listen, you know, you sharing the music means everything to artists these days. You know, if you listen, just share it. Put it on your. If you listen to it, throw it on your Facebook timeline, throw it on your, you know, wherever you kind of consume, because that's, that's how, that's how we, we get people to listen these days. You know, it, it takes a village, you know? Yeah. I I love that message. And I don't think anybody has uh, shared that Pete. And I think that's going to be a a soundbite all by itself. Uh, And I I thank you for that. I thank you bringing it to, because I think that's a, Wonderful thing because, you know, it's not like, you know, like you and I talked about earlier, going and buying a record at the store, you know, and or a CD or whatever, you know, yeah. and, and so it feels funny doing that. So uh, I, I couldn't encourage people enough. Look, Pete Morose is an awesome uh, singer songwriter. I've become a fan in the last couple, you know, since since you've been on The Voice and afterwards. And I'm so glad that you took the time today to come on, brother, and especially with holidays and playing Santa Claus and everything. Yeah. Else. It's been a real privilege having you on the show. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for you taking the time. So, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, brother. Merry Christmas to you, Lifebox Media Channel. We are out.